Are you sabotaging your website with AI content and using the wrong content strategy using AI? Hi, I'm Joe Kraus. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And today I'm speaking with Steve Wiedemann, who specializes in strategic planning for multiple location and franchise brands. Steve considers himself a scientist and a practitioner of local and e-commerce search engine optimization and paid search advertising. Now, he's the author of SEO Strategy and Skills, which is the college textbook through Stukant. Wiedemann has personally played a role in the inbound success of brands that have included Disney, Linksy, Belkin, Public, Storage, Honda, Sketches, Applebee's, IHOP, Doll, <laughs> and there's so many. Many of the mentioned projects he's worked with on an emphasis on strategic planning and campaign oversight. Now, while Steve was surf- serving also as an adjunct professor at UCSD and CSUF. Steve also built the Academy of Search while volunteering time to help improve transparency and industry standards as an agency trainer. And in this podcast episode, Steve and I talk about a lot around great content and gaining links for free and how you can do so. I share something on how most people are using AI the wrong way for their content creation strategy that's actually detrimental to their business and how you can create far better content with AI with the strategy that I share. Steve backs up and we we emphasize on that a lot. We talk about how to gain natural links or earn backlinks for free to your website. We talk about why less content is more valuable than the volume and how people are actually playing the wrong game based on societal conditioning and content agencies shoving down our throat more content for the wrong reasons so they can make more profits and it's that detriment to your actual business, your website. We also talk about how to create amazing baity content that will allow you to win links away from your competitors and gain those links, earn those links to your website instead of your competitors having and how you can do that for free. We talk about how to track those most important pieces of content, what to use to track them and why. And this is such a valuable podcast episode. We talk a lot about SEO. If you guys do need SEO help, you know that we have the Bob SEO service. You can reach out to us. We can answer some of the questions that you have. But let's for today, let's dive into this episode. It's so valuable. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Have you been lied to about how to increase organic traffic and grow your website? I too used to think that all you needed to do is add more content and gain backlinks. But this just doesn't work. More content and more links alone is not the answer. Nor do you need to butcher your website with generic SEO changes you picked up on some crummy online tutorial leaving with a Frankenstein website that's slow and clunky. And because I got sick of seeing great people with great websites struggle to grow them, I decided to do something about it. I created an SEO service, which is not just about publishing content and getting links. Sure, we offer that. But first, we give you quick wins, which are SEO tweaks we can make to your website that actually boost your rankings. And then we lay out a killer SEO strategy to acquire more traffic and revenue that outranks your competitors with less content and less links. We've thoroughly tested this service on many websites before launching it and have achieved incredible results, which you'll see on our landing page I'm about to share with you. Now you can finally buy a business and give it to us to grow it for you. To check out our SEO service, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash SEO hyphen services and book a call to chat with us to see what is the best growth strategy for you and your website. That's buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash SEO services and the link will be in the description too. (laughs) 
Steve Weedeman. Did I get it correctly? You yeah. got it. How oh, are you? Good, thank you. It's good to chat to you again. All right. Likewise. Yeah. So I wanted to get you back on. Guys, uh, listening, These we've had Steve on multiple times now. The first time we had you on was uh, episode 136, How to Double Your Traffic. And then we had you on just recently, Ep 227, Prompt Engineering for AI Content Creation, which I feel that we're probably going to lean into talking about a little bit of AI towards the back end of this discussion since it's pretty fresh on your mind with working with your clients that you mentioned to me before. Off should be fresh on everyone's yeah. mind unless you're living in the uh, the dark ages of digital exactly. marketing. Exactly, exactly. But let's start with link building. Uh, how important is it? Like, when it, it continues to be important. You know, it was the first question I asked Bard when Bard came out. I said, Bard, how important is link building and how you display results in your uh, large language model, um, you know, search mm-hmm. results. And it continued with standards, SEO best practices. Uh, I pay attention to uh, the same similar things that that Google web search does, which is, you know, relevancy and, and freshness of content, the uh, visibility of that content and how other websites are curating and, and talking about and linking to it. Um, it, it talked a little bit about how uh, users make decisions in, and say, yes, this was a good result, or you know what, this wasn't really what I was looking for. Let me refine my search a little bit more to see if I can get a different answer. Um, and how many people are searching for the, the brand name you know, in, in correlation or conjunction with some of those search terms? So it's a lot of the same um, algorithm signals that go into web search seem to go into you know, BARD and to you know, chat GPT and um, it's it's very interesting when you when you kind of look at a big picture, but still still maintaining the importance of it. And I would say not just for SEO. It's like yeah, we we definitely want to show the search engines um, you know how often they can find us by being crawled to our site and by pages that that they trust and have given scores to and passing that whole page rank score through. But more importantly, the referral traffic from mm-hmm. links. Right. It's not let's not just build links because we want to be number one. Let's build links so that we can get more referral traffic to our site, maybe even from referral sources that we've learned from our display efforts are generating leads and, and revenue for us. If we find that a an article site specifically around a topic of, I don't know, technology seems to be driving a lot of display ad converting traffic for us, you know, through our display networks, why wouldn't we want to get more free traffic from them by, you know, building and, and collaborating with them to try to generate some referral links from their site. Now we can double down and get our paid traffic from a site that already sends us, you know, high quality ad traffic and free traffic from referral. So I th- I'd say links are just as important as before, if for no other reason than just continuing to build brand awareness and drive referral yeah, traffic. Yeah, I love it in terms of valuing a link based on the traffic you can get from it. I talked with uh, Lily Ray about this and a few other really good link builders on like, yeah, Mm -hmm. links are great because they can build out your authority, but we should be getting links for the referral traffic and the better the referral traffic, it's going to turn into ROI and money on our end for our business. And we're going to be solving a problem for people that are the referral traffic. We're not just getting links from a site just to get SEO juice. To gain search yeah, results. Yeah, you know, yeah. just gain search results and get SEO juice. Um, and people that click on that link, they they go, oh, damn, like this it wasn't as valuable as I thought this link would be uh, versus finding a page uh, or a site that is talking about 
in depth a certain subject that your your article is or piece of content is talking about, but adding extra value to it by them linking to it, by the user going and clicking on that link, going to your site, getting more value and going, oh, this is amazing. And, and you know, that you're helping people versus uh, just gaining link juice. It's, it's part of your integrated marketing strategy with an SEO benefits, not an intent um, to be exclusively SEO. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Standpoint. Yeah, I, I do as well. It's, it's far more organic approach and you're, you're going from the position of value versus let's just try to play a game with Google and, and, and win based on search results, right? Sure. Google's pretty smart around that sort of stuff these days and um, Bard and all that sort of stuff is. So I want to talk about, I want to ask you about content, the, the, the relationship between content and links. When somebody has, say, a blog or a website, what people have been led to believe still being the case it may have been a long long time ago like a decade ago that you need to continue putting content on your site so google sees your site as like it's got it's it's update and it's fresh and it's getting new content whereas i, I don't feel that google is is just rewarding that just like we've got to have our site updated so let's just keep punching out a lot of content what's you know is there a split between how much sort of resources should be spent on content and then links uh, do you have a recommendation? What's your thoughts on that process? Because, I mean, if you create great content, why not gain links to it uh, from other people? Because you want to, it's adding value to other articles that are out there on the internet. Why don't you have that piece of your content strategy versus just let's just put out a lot of content? <laughs> well, you used a word there that I think is is a key aspect of anything we're doing, and that that is strategy. Right, what is our strategy? Did we do our research already? Did we identify the links that are already pointing to our site? Did we identify the links, the common links that point to our competitors, but not to us, right? Maybe there, there's listicles out there listing the top 10 of whatever, and maybe you need to be on it. Um, did, we, did we look at the top linked pages using some of those digital marketing tools that are out there like Ahrefs and SEMrush to see the top linked pages on our competitors' websites. Maybe they've come up with some really good ideas on how to attract links. And maybe it's a common idea that get them on listicles, such as, you know, our favorite, the Veterans Day program that, uh, you know, a lot of our restaurant chains mm -hmm. do now. So if you're looking for a free meal on Veterans Day, our restaurants all have, our restaurant chains all have a dedicated page for that and really highly authoritative sites like military.com and va or military.com and va.gov you know are all linking to these pages as places veterans mm -hmm. can go to get a free meal on veterans day so i think i think really you know taking the strategic approach of hey let's let's do a link audit and then let's build a link strategy that's you know that incorporates all the links our competitors have earned that that incorporates what we learned from the top link pages of our competitors um that's uh, that makes sure it's inclusive of all the industry destinations that we would want to drive traffic from, even ones that competitors haven't gotten any visibility in. Um, um, and then come up with some link bait ideas and put them into a calendar. So now, you know, we know exactly which links need some attention from sort of a negative SEO standpoint that competitors might be using to try to harm us, which aren't nearly as detrimental as they were 10 years ago. They're still there, but Google keeps reinforcing how they've caught those and they're not counting them against you. Um, but, you know, we always, you know, take the safe route and just submit a disavow anyway. 
Um, and then we go after through perhaps a, a buzz stream or a pitch box project, you know, those, those links that our competitors have earned by frequency. Hey, 20 of our competitors have all earned links from this domain that we haven't yet. Let's look at what the approach is and why they've earned links and we're not included in that list. Uh, work our way down. If they're already linking to most of our competitors, why wouldn't they be linking to us? So I think coming up with that strategy, building out the projects within whatever CRM you're using, you know, to to approach your um, your outreach type link building is still going to be you know an important part of that strategy. But as you mentioned, coming up with that link bait content, that's that's gold and and really smart SEOs have been doing this for years. You can see this in the WordPress theme industry. Years ago, they would have free WordPress themes, you know, and then you get a theme and in the footer, there'd be a backlink to the, the themes um, sponsor. So it might be an SEO company or something that had it. Eventually, Google caught on to that and like, all right, if you want to use free tools as a way to get links, you've got to do it through earning them, not through injecting them into an encrypted footer somewhere on, you know, your, your theme template. So tools, what kind of free things can you can you yeah. offer on your website? What kind of calculators? What kind of um, uh, neat little interactive features can you offer that people would want to link to? We have a Rolex um, client of ours that has a Rolex serial number lookup mm-hmm. tool. They've got a pricing tool that you can use. Uh, originally, we had it as an embed, you know, and then the embed would have, you know, a, a, a embedded link that would rotate with different link text back before mm-hmm. Penguin came out, right, back in 2012. And so now, you know, yeah, there's still the embeds and so forth, but we've taken all the link part of that out so that Google doesn't look at that as our link strategy and hold it against us through through penalties. Um, templates, giving away free templates. You know, in your industry, there's probably 20, 30, 50 different templates. Maybe it's a um, proposal template. Maybe it's an SEO audit mm-hmm. template. Maybe it's, you know, whatever the template happens to be in your industry, offer those free templates and people will link to it like crazy yeah. because it's a great free resource for that stuff. All you do is put a disclaimer. You're welcome to share this anywhere you'd like to on your website or whatever. Please just give us credit by linking back to us. And you don't have to, and I recommend not putting in what they should be linking with. Let them link however they want to. We don't want to create any sort of, of, of detectable pattern of um, trying to manipulate, manipulate search results. Let's let you know the person who's linking link to us however they'd like to. Um, and then the viral, funny, interesting um, campaigns. I, I love talking about progressive and, and dress like flow. It's Halloween time and everyone's looking for costume ideas. You know, and flow from progressive was on those commercials has a dress like flow page that you can link to. You know, there's statistics and research. If you've got unique content that nobody else has that you can share, maybe you did a study of, you know, 300 location pages to better understand how pages rank for restaurant chains. And you want to understand all the attributes and the common attributes between them um, to develop your sort of all-inclusive best practice for building a location page for your business. Um, That's unique content. You did a study, you did some research, you created some calculations, you built an infographic and created a table. And suddenly Site Pro News and um, Web Pro News and Bright Local and other websites that talk about technology SEO and local SEO are all referencing this guide because you did you did something no one's done. You've created something new and unique that isn't just regurgitated content or AI generated content, um, and you made it really really easy to to replicate. The infographic gave you a diagram that sort of sets the precedence for what a local page looks like. That that 
um, that's a proof of concept. We actually did that on our website. If you find it, it's the very first link and, um, and, it, and it works. If you can do that extra bit of research in your industry, what do people, um, what do your customers say about your products and services that only you know about? If you were I, iPhone and you put up a page that said, here are the top three apps that iPhone users download, would people link to that? Would they share it? Would they be interested in it? Would it show up in your Google Discover, right? Absolutely, because that is stuff that that the iPhone users eat up. They love to share that. They love that information because only iPhone knows. Exactly, right? the because they own the yeah, app store. And they can back it up with the data they can see on their end. Uh, Absolutely, 100%. We, uh, so there's there's some ideas to, to draw inspiration. Yeah, we, we've created uh, tools um, and calculators like ad revenue calculators for websites. Mm-hmm. We've also That's created awesome. a... Um, a what to what to do once you've bought a business uh, sort of SEO strategy blueprint article, which is nice. like six thousand words. Uh-huh. It's a long read on what you can do in terms of like only six thousand yeah. words. Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna need the um, summarize everything extension from Chrome <laughs> with uh, ChatGPT in it to read yeah, that thing and just put it on yeah. audio. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's got <laughs> images. It's got images and like links to things and step-by-step guide of like what to do once you've bought a business to get it set up for growth and building links to that is, is great. Um, and sharing that. So it's, it's quite shareable for people that are content site owners or buying content sites, but it gets to a certain phase where it starts getting so much authority that page that Mm -hmm. more and more people start to see it starts to rank high and then it starts to, gain natural links which is where those tools without you having to do the outreach of like hey this is pretty cool if you want to share it great because they're already finding it in search when they're doing their own research and and now and now bard and uh, these other ai tools are actually listing their sources so you know you can actually point to the source now instead of just um you know creating the content so i'm glad the the ai ethics are finally coming (laughs) yeah me too i want to talk about the uh, i was sort of mentioning it before the sort of when people come to you with a strategy of like, I want to just like get a lot of content. I want to rank for a lot of content. They've got a budget or if they've got a certain amount of resources and you say, cool, we can create con Like if we took all your resources, we could just create content. Right. And it might gain links naturally over time, but it'd be a little bit slower. What sort of allocation of budget, say somebody's got like $5,000 or $10,000 to put towards, you know, a strategy for ranking, getting content out there, and ranking it. What sort of budget would you suggest people use for the actual content creation, and then what would you allocate to link building for the start? Typically, I think it depends on your your industry mm-hmm. and the competitiveness of your industry. A plumber is going to be completely different than, say, uh, you know, a, a personal injury mm-hmm. law firm. <laughs> you could probably, <laughs> you know, create some really helpful localized content. Um, and do some things in your community that the local city offices and city news would give you free press for to support, you know, if you're doing something that's genuine and really helpful for yeah. the community for a local yeah. business. For a personal injury attorney, you might have to get a little bit more creative and throw a little more budget into it um, because a lot of the, the common the common methods of earning links in competitive industries are already burned out, such as scholarships. You know, you see this on every single personal injury um, website and in their backlink profile is they're offering scholarships to get links from .edu domains and they're on pages that now look like link farms because there's so many scholarships exactly. because they all want <laughs> yeah. links 
So it's, it's, you know, again, it depends on the industry and it depends on how competitive it is. I would, I would, I would start with just the simplest thing by just using a service like answer the mm -hmm. public, you know, and, and, or if you're using SEM rush already use their question filter. If you're in conductor, you can also use the intent filter. Um, and then come up with all the questions that people have about your products and services. Um, and then take out your your iPhone if you're on a low budget and uh, or your Android device. I'm a Pixel user because I feel like the picture quality is always better. Um, but uh, but I would spend a Saturday and record little short episodes of answering questions. Hey, I'm Joe from So-and-So Plumbing, and I've been a plumber for 14 years. I get a lot of questions about uh, uh, sinks and what we do about you know, a, a drain sink. Is this something I can fix myself, or do I need a plumber? Today, we're going to walk through that in five easy steps, right? And then you just mm -hmm. do that. And then what's what's great about that content, not only does it, does it help augment your website content strategy when you answer the question on a unique page, not in a shrapnel, you know, blog type way, but in an evergreen way, you know, underneath your services section so that your services section is more authoritative and you've created a silo or a taxonomy of content. Um, if you're doing that, then you've got some really good long form content that you can create from that. Even, even use, you know, a, a service like freelancer or um, uh, writer access and say, hey, I've created a video, help me write a page based on the content from this video. And then they watch the video, they write the page for you, you throw it up on your website. In a few months, you start seeing traffic and links mm -hmm. coming in. Um, the other great thing about this type of content is you can take a lot of the snippets from it, uh, maybe 30 to 60 second snippets from that video and create really good short form content for your stories and your Instagram and your, your uh, TikTok, right? And all the social networks that people are, are flipping through like crazy these days so that you can introduce your brand locally and maybe boost some of that content um, with a very low budget, just again, for brand awareness so that you're top of mind. So when they are starting to search and they see your name, like, oh yeah, I remember seeing his TikToks. I remember seeing her, um, you know, her videos on how to do this or defining the words for, you know, a certain topic. So I think, I think that's where I would start in terms of, of, you know, if I'm on a low budget to start and you find as you start developing your content strategy and start putting the stuff out here, you find what your budget ends up being based on on what your current position is and who the top people are for those keywords that you expect that content to rank for. Like, all right, I just did a post on how to do X, Y, Z. I did a search and these other three websites come up above me and I looked at their pages and they've got a lot more media. They've got a lot more graphics. They've got a lot more experts that are participating and quote being quoted in it. They've got an interview. So I really need to put some some um, some money into this if I want to make this page rank. Uh, and that's where you get bootstrapped and and a little bit creative on how you can generate that content without hiring a you know a five to ten thousand dollar infographic mm -hmm. designer which by the way, you know, works if you do have the budget for it. That's that local page example I gave you a minute ago. That that was a $5,000 infographic and it was worth every penny of it from the business we had from franchises that contacted us after wow. reading it. Again, know your audience and know, you know, what, um, you know, again, what, uh, what the competition is before you start getting into it. Because if you start working on a page and you spend a thousand dollars, you know, building what you think is the best page, but you haven't yet done a search to see what's already showing up, like, oh man, this was an eight thousand dollar page and I only put a thousand dollars into it. What a waste of time. And yeah, you'll get some incremental traffic from it and it could help, but if those pages are already out there and better than yours, you know, that's a, you can uh, do that's the a math. really good <laughs> Uh, thing to bring up is come competitive research before you do anything like uh, are you gonna are you gonna rank for it? are you gonna out 
you know, are you going to outwin them? And I guess a, yeah. a portion of that that I like to share with people is that you can go away and do what, see what your competitors are doing in their piece of content. Like just like, mm. do they have more media? Do they have an audio? Do they have a video? Do they have, you know, infographics? A table of contents, contents. All those sorts of things. Yeah, you know, thing, FAQs. Yeah. FAQs. <laughs> do they have all that? But also at the same time, people may drop the ball or not even know and not be conscious of, all right, this that article that my competitors wrote, they have a really high level of authority. And maybe, or maybe they don't have a high level of authority, but that page that they've got that they're ranking for is also ranking really well because they have a certain amount of links coming to that page. So that's a big portion of competitive research as well is, is not just looking at the content, isolating, all right, I need to create better content but also working out how do I build that same level of authority to that page so I can outrank that competitor if our content matches or is, is of equivalent value. Yeah. Yeah. If it's unique, if it's, if it's very unique from the page that already ranks in the search results, more helpful, easier to read, easier to use. Um, and it's just an overall better experience. I wouldn't worry as much about the links that the competitors earned because that's going to be where you start to get your links. You're going to say, hey, you're linking to this one mm -hmm. page. We actually took a little bit of a different approach that we think your users might find more helpful. We'd love it if you took a look and if you found it more helpful than the page you're already linking to, you know, give us a shot at, at seeing if it's more helpful to your users. And you can you can cannibalize, you know, the, the work and the links that your competitors have earned if you're willing to put the time into creating the better content. But again, it's not just creating something better and regurgitating content from other yeah. websites to create your own. It's genuinely coming up with something out of the box that's different. I think it was Seth Godin always talked about that, right? It's not just let's not just be better than our competition, let's completely stand out. So if you're using this as an approach to earn links, your page should completely stand out with information and data and um, contributors that no other page um, that you're competing against um, currently offers. But I know you're going to find for most businesses, uh, the search terms that you want to appear for in most cases aren't going to be quite as competitive as you think they are unless you're going really, really broad. Uh, but there are, like I mentioned, personal injury and so forth, industries that um, you know businesses spend tens of thousands of dollars a month you know, developing content specifically to rank mortgages mm. and um, insurance companies, right? Those guys spend a ton of money. But for most smaller businesses, you're not going to find that kind of competition. Mm. And and a lot of the smaller businesses are are sort of cutting corners and cheating a bit. And in most cases, even if they are ranking, eventually the rankings will go down once Google has figured out that they're just trying to game and influence their search results. You know, whereas if you use that whole Jim Rohn approach of, you know, I don't have to do extraordinary things to be successful. I only have to do ordinary things extraordinarily well oh, approach. Um, you're just going to see constant growth because you're doing all the right things better than the competition, as opposed to just, you know, trying to figure out a way to take shortcuts and use techniques to beat them. That's amazing. That's going to be a short, we can't, we're going to cut that piece out there, Steve, and, and, and promote that. Yeah. Oh, Enjoy. Uh, I love that strategy is like what you said, Jim Rohn, um, that Jim Rohn quote is, you know, you don't need to do extraordinary things, do ordinary things extraordinarily well, make your content. So and by doing so, it's you can gain those links easier because it's so damn valuable People that you've blown people out of the water. Like you can't not, like you want to put, you want to put your content in a position that people would be silly to not rank or not, not link to you. 
instead of like they're doing their if they if they actually care about their users on their site and there's something better they're doing their users a disservice not by not linking to you because yours your is yeah. is just out of this world invaluable right especially if you can find pain points this is one of my favorite things i remember yelp some 10 years ago everyone was was feeling like they're being extortioned by yelp right it's like look if you um if you don't like the Yelp review that shows up in Google search results, pay for advertising and then we'll figure out a way to help you so that, you know, the negative search results go away. But we can't remove them for you. But if you pay for advertising, we might be able to help you. And so there's this whole whole sort of stigma around Yelp. And um, I remember talking to one of the advertising reps and I said, you know, the only reason people are using Yelp is for the reviews and you're prioritizing the negative reviews over the positive. And in fact, you're suing businesses if they ask for reviews from happy customers. And you're just waiting for the negative reviews to show up because you want people to call you and be like, hey, there's negative reviews, I need them taken down so that you have a, a shoe in to be able to try to sell them advertising. And so from that, I got so frustrated that I did a study myself. Um, I used Mechanical Turk and I asked some, I think it was like a thousand or 2000 Yelp users, why do you use Yelp? And then I asked some questions about um, you know, demographical and these are all anonymous feedback, you know, and so they, they give me demographical information about themselves. And I ask questions such as, if Yelp didn't have reviews, would you still use them? Do you use them for, for community and to learn and find local businesses? Or do you use them exclusively for reviews? And, and so I, I basically did this big survey. And then I just used Excel to create some charts and graphs from what I had learned. And a, a couple of photos from what TripAdvisor had given to suggest to their businesses to ask for reviews, opposite that of Yelp. And um, and the post was, how important are Yelp reviews? And I remember just just watching it organically over you know a few years, just to track links on its own from people who were equally as frustrated by Yelp's extortion mm. techniques, you know, and they were using that research as a point of reference to say, you know, Yelp's genuinely trying to hurt businesses um, as a technique to get them to advertise. And it was it was really kind of sad, but but it worked, you know. And, and it, that type of content, that research, those charts, those graphs, you know, those thousand anonymous users made a difference in helping create content that was shareable and uh, linkable, link worthy, if you yeah. will. Um, and we didn't have to do any sort of outreach for that. Of course, we shared it on social media, but as an SEO consultancy, our audience was, I don't know, maybe six people plus my mom, right? So it wasn't like a whole lot of people that were seeing it. At the start, uh, but anyway. For yeah. larger brands, it's a great way to promote it. Yeah, and that comes from doing the work, right? Like a lot of people right. listen to this, are like, All right, I've got a, I've got a, a site and I just want to create content in volume. Uh, but if they slow down and go, how do I create just one piece that's out of this world good? They can have far more traffic mm -hmm. with far less pieces of content on their site, right? Hundred percent. God, that's such it's such a hard it's such a hard circumstance because a lot of business owners who somewhat get addicted to SEO mm -hmm. read some wrong information about the importance of fresh content um, and the the point of view of I need more content. No, sometimes you just need to refresh your existing mm -hmm. content and keep it up mm -hmm. to date and more helpful and more useful and more unique um, than creating additional pages. And I've I've had so many clients who created so many different versions of pages that all had the same keyword intent. And poor Google's crawling the site, looking at these pages, going, "Which one should I be showing in my search results?" You know, because they're all basically the same content, just written mm, differently. Wow, um, you know, and and so yeah, we had one that was a personal injury attorney. He had fifteen different car accident lawyer Los Angeles targeted pages, and so we said, "Okay, let's take all fifteen of these pages, 
and redirect them to one new URL that we create as the best, unique, most helpful page with new video and new images and graphics and, and what to do after and how it works kind of content, testimonials and, and expert reviewed kind of stuff, EAT signals, um, EEAT <laughs> since you talked to Lily Ray, I yeah. want to get it right. Um, but, uh, but we did that and, and it worked, you know, we got them to the first page for, you know, that, for that query by getting rid of all the excessive content. Don't just create content to create content. You're going to look at the analytics and go, these pages really aren't getting a lot of traffic, but if you just took the time, you know, and, and the energy and the creativity to create, like you said, a really, a really unbeatable page. And we've seen this like with the Rolex site I'd mentioned before. Um, we've seen it where he spent five to $10,000 for a page. And those pages, those categories, Rolex Submariner, Rolex Yachtmaster, those pages make millions of dollars every month, millions of dollars. Is it worth it to spend $5,000 for a page that over the next three years is going to culminate into hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue? It's up to you. So if you've got it to invest, um, that's that's the evergreen, infinite traffic medium that you could use. And then you can augment it with paid and social and so forth. But getting that that really strong foundational page out there, doing your research to see what types of content and what entities and, you know, what topics we need to be addressing within our website and creating a silo of, of supportive content underneath that competitive page, you're going to own it. But again, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of creating a site map of what your site's going to look like in five years from now when you're done with all this amazing content. And it's probably going to be a lot of money putting into it. But at the end, um, you know, when you look at the analytics, it, it always pays for itself. But it does take, you know, a year to two years to see a, you know, a super positive ROI on on really competitive SEO. So if you've got the, the patience, um, you know, and you're willing to, you know, to go easy on your SEO person, you know, who's probably not setting the right expectation, um, then you're going to see some amazing results. You just have to be committed to it and be patient and, you know, check in every three to six months on that content and make sure that you're still the best yeah. page. And it's, uh, I, th I think the rise of so much con oh, not the rise, but why so much content has been, uh, especially for content site owners and blog owners wanted to grow their, grow their sites, why it's still a thing is because it's definitely being pushed by content agencies for, mm -hmm. yeah, you just need more content. You just need to produce more content and that allows them to sell more yeah. pieces of the content. And even somebody at a smaller scale, right? Like they might have, all right, I've got a thousand dollars per month of budget that I want to put towards content. Cool. That's, That's one, one piece one of piece. content we're going to build yeah, over ninety one days, piece, right? And like versus, <laughs> oh, I want to do ten. And you know, I want to do ten articles at a hundred bucks each. Just do one. That's amazing over whatever period of time you have for that budget to be spent and put. Yeah, 100%. yeah, and you also. I remember I had I had five pages on my old website. If you go back to archive.org and you look at top 10, the number 10, top 10 SEO tips, I literally had like five mm. pages. And and at a given point, probably in 2006, 2007, pre all the different algorithm changes and before I took the site down, most of those pages ranked really well from my SEO ebook page. Um, that SEO expert page was number one for SEO expert for 12 years straight. I only had five pages on my website. It wasn't about having, you know, 500 SEO expert pages is about having one and and a little bit of creativity and showing how I got the number one spot by using the page itself as the example. It was kind of a, 
you know, fun little play on, on SEO to, you know, to get, I remember you mentioned that story uh, but yeah. last time. And yeah, this is yeah I just, I think for somebody listening, they've got a, a, a website. People are now, it's mm-hmm. the, also the rise of like, Oh, you've got so much content. You need to make sure it's updated and they're able to sell content agency services, mm-hmm. updating content. But if you've got five pages on your site yeah. or 10 or like just 20 or 30, that's getting the same amount of traffic that a site with, a hundred or a thousand pages, you can really track things better and spend those resources on just those pages with far less stress, far less work. And you just got to better business, right? right? So I I use um, SimilarWeb quite a bit when I'm doing industry analysis and trying to understand the the top links in an industry, the the average page load times and things like that. And, And what's really interesting is you see these article websites that people submit basically just kind of garbage content to as uh, as their link building approach right it's like back in the old days of, of seo we used um article spinning sites to just create articles and blast them out over article uh, networks submit an article 20 bucks you can add an article with a link to your website and what's interesting is you look at similar web at these sites that have tens of thousands of pages of content and they're getting less than five thousand hits a month uh, and yet regular businesses, um, again, personal injury is one of the industries we, we do mm-hmm. some work in, um, will have less than, you know, I don't know, less than a thousand mm-hmm. pages and they'll be generating 30, 40, 50,000 visits a month. So I, I believe that a lot of the time when you're just creating content for the sake of creating content for SEO, you're not going to get traffic from it. And worse, you're going to send the signal to the search engines that, you know, X percent of the content right. on our website is yeah. not helpful. It's yeah. funny that so. it's it's this is what with with AI becoming a thing now as well. I see that so many content site owners and bloggers have decided to use it for the the wrong use it in the wrong way. They've gone, "Oh my god." Yeah. And there's studies done on it where people are like, "I'm just creating so much content for their site, AI content, and they get it ranked and then their sites, the Google's like, this is not valuable and then it just crashes, right? Like they've we talked to a guy who deployed 10 million pages of AI yeah, content. Yeah, it's so insane. And what <laughs> people are focusing on like more content, more content, I can do more output with AI. But if they realize that AI can be a tool for R&D, research and development to create one phenomenal article and you can just distill all that content that you scrape from BARD, chat, GPT, all that sort of thing into one amazing piece you can have that one amazing piece and use that AI to your benefit of just getting data versus volume of spun out content, you're, you're going to win over somebody else that's like, oh, I'm going to put out 500 articles a month using AI content. It's like, well, cool, you can play that game, but it's ridiculous because I'm going to win when I put out one piece of content that's going to trump all of those 500 pieces. I can tell you that, that when we put an SEO content brief together, the, the total time it takes us to get that brief in our clients' hands, in our clients' writers' hands, is somewhere between three and five nice. days, nice. right, in most cases, because of the amount of, of entity research we do. And, and we look at the content workflow, right? And it starts with with that research phase. Like we mentioned, let's look at the competitive landscape. Let's let's use some Python scripts and, and pull in all the headings and subheadings on the top-ranked pages so that we know that we're addressing all the topics that are important to Google or that Google thinks are important to their searchers. Um, and then let's let's go to the next phase and make sure that we're addressing the URL, the title, the meta description, the headings, the subheadings. Um, we mentioned table of contents earlier based on those different entities, the FAQs and the, the questions that people have around that topic. 
we put all of that together. Um, who's the experts or who are the top five experts in the industry that we could get to be our expert reviewers of this content for those EEAT nice. signals? Um, the image name, the image alt attribute, what what kind of markup should I be using on this page based on the words and the entities that we're addressing in it? And how can I use um, schema.org slash thing, both ab about and mentions in a way to make it very clear to Google's knowledge graph, you know, what word, uh, what the word means in reference to say a Wikipedia URL. So we're making it very, very easy for Google to know in, a, in their database of URLs to display which ones correlate to the search term that the person's using. So we come up with this, this full brief and includes the search terms to target, um, titles, headings, subheadings, um, image names, uh, expert reviewed, schema and markup to use. Um, and at the end, what are the websites that are the URLs that we need linking back to us based on who's linking to the top uh, ranking websites already? And what are some unique opportunities that, that competitors haven't thought of yet? So that way you've addressed kind of all three areas. You've addressed unique, helpful, all-inclusive um, topics of what we know is important. We have addressed the link side of things to make sure that we're getting links from the same places that the top ranking pages are coming from. But we've also used some schema and some really strong title meta description writing so that we can influence search behaviors, such as a user choosing us in the search results and staying on our URL and not going back to the search results and choosing a competitor. If we can influence all three of those different attributes, you know, our ranking is just gonna to continue to grow. And and our competitors aren't gonna rest on their laurel. So don't think set it, forget it. When that's done and it's ranking, we have to we have to set up monitors for the top ranking pages that are just below us using visual ping or whatever tool you wanna use. So when they make a change, you can be aware of it. When they earn a link, you can be aware of it. And then you can go back to the team and make sure that we're also thinking about those things what stuck, what did they remove, what did they take away, what new links did they earn that we could go after, and what new topics could we add? That's where AI comes into play. That's where we can put our URL in there and say, what could I do to make this page better? What's missing from this page You know that, that would be helpful to users? What are some other subtopics of this topic that I could address either on the page or with supportive content underneath it? You know, that's where you could use AI to continue to, to grow your content strategy. But don't, don't just write in, write, write me an article um, as if it weren't detectable <laughs> by, you know, originality.ai to rank number one in Google for the keywords credit cards. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? So don't, don't yeah. do that. It's just, it's pointless. It's just going to be wasting your time. That, um, yeah. that approach is amazing. I'm so glad you shared that. I think, yeah. you know, just by you, just the authors um, writing their two cents on the research and stuff that you've done for that article because it's going to be so valuable. Those authors, you're not only going to have, you're not only going to be able to link out to them and take their EEAT, you know, or like build EAT with them, build authority, but they're also going to want to link from probably somewhere on their site as well to to your articles because it's so damn valuable. So there's a there's a bunch of links right there, and that just comes down to sharpening. You know, if you're trying to chop a tree down, you're going to spend you know ninety percent of your time sharpening the axe. Um, that's that R&D, that's that content brief over a three to five day period is like, that's exceptional. Yep. And in fact, what I'm going to do, I know there's a chat in here. I'm going to send you a little preview of a table that we use um, when we are doing our content briefs so that awesome. you can see the, the different sort of sequences of events that happen in a really well-developed piece of content. Thank you. you. Go. So that's something you're welcome to, to share because it does have 
you know, again, kind of the, the best of the best of what goes into a really high ranking, very helpful traffic driving page. Yeah, I'll put that in the link. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes, guys, which I'm actually literally just doing now. And the cool thing about just this is to put the image in the, uh, in the post. Sorry? Right? <laughs> just go ahead and put the image yeah. in the post. That way it's yeah, right there. there for you. Go. Uh, also, uh, that when you've got, when you're monitoring, say, five pages on your site or 10 or like 30 mm-hmm. it's so much easier to monitor those and see what see how the competitive landscape has changed and the environment because ranking isn't just about you your site and google it's about mm-hmm. how google behaves between your site or google or search engines and how google, how that behavior reacts or responds based on your site their algorithm and your competitors and it's so much easier to monitor that with a few articles versus thousands, right? Yeah, I think yeah. And if you think in in percentages too, if you think of think of patterns instead of um, again, set it, forget it. If you think about patterns, and at, at the end of every month, there's probably going to be ten to twenty pages on your website that are the most critical in terms of driving leads and traffic. And those are the pages, like you said, you want to monitor. Those are the ones you probably have your own Looker Studio content segment set up that pulls in your SEM rush, um, you know, average position, share of voice and, um, you know, and, and um, visibility metrics as well as traffic and conversion metrics. And every month you challenge the team, you know, your content team say, look, we're, we're going to grow our content. We're going to create some new things and it's going to be amazing. But I want us to spend at least 20% of our time um, making sure that we're addressing these top 10, these top 20 pages on our website um, and here are the reports you're going to look at to, to help, you know, influence that. Um, and then tell me every month, what did you do to increase the conversion rate on these pages? What did we do to increase our keyword rankings on these pages? Uh, what did we do to increase the links to these pages? Right. And you go back to your, your various team members in your org chart, you know, your, your off page visibility expert, the, you know, link earning, we don't say link building anymore, um, link earning expert, uh, the, the content strategists themselves to identify new entities from search console and from uh, AI and from our own, you know, Python scripts or whatever we happen to be using to do it. Um, and then we go back to the analysts, you know, who, who looks at all of that data and, and helps, you know, push some of that to the off page person and to the content strategist so that we know every month what we're doing to improve it. And then a year later, you look back, you know, if you set some KPIs and you're like, hey, leadership team, those top 10 pages on our website over the last 12 months, we've been able to double conversion rates on Uh, each page, you know, is earning three to five links per month. Um, And each page is now generating, you know, twice as many, um, you know, visits than we had when we look at our search console statistics versus the previous year. And that that team's gonna be like, great, keep up the good work. As long as they're seeing green, Every month and every year, leadership teams should be happy, particularly if they're bottom line pages like those those sales pages are. That's amazing. And sometimes uh, I've, I've said this as well um, f- for business in general is because the environment of Google changes and the uh, environment of other people's sites changes, sometimes when it's not just going green every single month. Sometimes just keeping your head above water, some like is is a win as well. Like the saying, the aim of the game is to stay in the game, right? Um, <laughs> versus like, I think it would be a massive win if you're seeing green every single month. But sometimes, if you've got like two or three months, don't consider it like chalking up to a fail, failure because 
Or there's seasonality. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always going to be seasonality. Like people aren't going to be buying surfboards as much in December as they are probably yeah. in May or June. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Steve, this is such a fun conversation. Uh, I know we're running out of time <laughs> here, but yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll have to get you on again. Yeah, of course. for sure. Anytime. And, and I'll, I'll send you over some more things that you can play around with from a link building standpoint. That might be helpful to your uh, your listeners just, just in getting started with a link building strategy, mm-hmm. what that strategy should in, encompass. And um, I'll even share some link bait ideas to draw inspiration so that you know the people who are listening don't have to spend time on the phone trying to get people to <laughs> link to them. Instead, they can create content that people are looking for and would want to reference and link to. So I'll, I'll get you some of those assets awesome. to see if we can't, you know, get a kickstart on everyone's digital marketing strategy, yeah. at least on the inbound. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks for coming on and sharing guys. I'll put links to all those things in the show notes as well. Uh, but everybody who's listening, thank you for listening. As we talked though, let's get real meta here, Steve, as we talked about SEO and link building, it's all about creating great content. This is a great piece of content we created just in this podcast. Please do us a massive <laughs> favor and share this podcast episode with somebody that owns a website, right? Yeah. It's going to help. You know, I always yeah. do. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. I always do. Yeah. No, I'm not, not just talking about you. I'm just talking about the listeners, right? Like for the listeners, like share this with somebody, you know, um, and especially if you know, a struggling business that really has a low budget to do some marketing. Cause this is all just content they can create yeah. on their own on a Saturday with, with an iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. Right. For free. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks everybody. You got it, Jared. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Hey, YouTube watcher, if you thought that video is good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy. Or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out. It's an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.